Welcome. You're about to listen to the word of empowerment with Reverend Prosper Asamwa, the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary International. Now, the sermon. Father, we thank you for another day in your house, Lord. Thank you for your presence, your tangible presence in this place. May healings take place. May, may you breathe on us. Meet us at the point of our need, Lord. Parabato seke taya karabakai. Horoboto seke babakai. Tai sheke babakai. Oh, Rabato Sekitaya, Babakai, Kaya, Mania to Seke Babakai. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Shakaya. Jesus' name. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Oh, His presence is here, Lord. His presence is here. He's always here with us. Meditate on Him. Don't look at what's happening around you. Focus on God, how good He is, how great He is. Consider all the things that He has done, the creation. Worship the Lord. Open your mouth and worship the Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. When you're in your presence, things happen. Lord, touch us. Touch every individual in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, touch each one of us. That will know you more. We'll be closer to you. Help us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Choir, thank you very much. That was Powerful, 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 powerful. From beginning to end. Thank you very much. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you for coming to church. God bless you. Father, thank you for another day. As we hear your word, help us, teach us. That we may understand who we are. We will understand what you've done for us. What Jesus came to do for us. Help us, Lord. That we will walk in that. In humility and boldness. And know that we are your children. Help us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Today I want to talk on something. Something has been going around on my mind for a long time. I want to share with you. The Lord wants me to share with you. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know your identity, identity, identity just means who you are, who you really are. And if you don't know your identity, you, you walk around in this world walking short of what you can do or what you can achieve, where you can go. Identity is very, very important. If you are a child of a king. You must know that you are the child of a king. And so you walk like a child of the king. You have the confidence of a king's kid. You have the boldness of a king's kid. And you know you can enter anywhere in the kingdom of your father, the king. If you don't know that, maybe you were born and you were taken away. You were born and uh, nobody told you. And you were brought up somewhere and you don't know that you are a child of the king. Even though the king's blood is in you and you are his child, because you don't know, you walk anyhow, you grow up anyhow with some uh, ghetto boys, play with them, gutter to gutter. You know gutter to gutter. And it's a kind of football we used to play when we, we grew up in the ghetto. You, you do things, you'll be hungry, you'll be struggling in life, things will be going bad. You are the child of the king. His blood is in you, but you do not know that you are the child of the king. You don't know what you can have access to. You don't know uh, that there's a royal blood in you. But the day you get to know that uh, the king sitting on the throne, he's your father. Your walking will change. Your confidence will change. And everything you do 
your perception will be corrected. Perception is how you think and how you see things will be different. And immediately, you see that doors will open for you because you go in boldness that you are the child of the king and you have come. Hallelujah. We are children of God. We say we are children of God. Many of us do not understand who we are as children of God. Today, I want to talk about our identity in Christ, our identity as children of God. I've put together a few scriptures which I want to explain so that we walk in that understanding. I always try to tell you, I don't try to demean pastors or demean uh, men of God like myself and things like that, no. But I just want to tell you that sometimes the only difference between you and I is what I know about God, what I know about my identity, the confidence I have in God and my identity. That's the difference. If you also walk in that confidence, in that knowledge, you also operate at a higher level wherever you find yourself. Hallelujah. So today we'll go through some scriptures to show who we are in Christ. We are not ordinary people. We are the king's children. Jesus Christ who came and changed the dating system of the world before Christ and after Christ. Jesus Christ who came and died on the cross, shed his blood for us. Jesus, he is our brother. He's our senior brother. You are surprised. Jesus is our brother. He's our Lord, but he's our brother. In my family, they say I'm the family head. Everybody has died as richness. Hallelujah. So even though my siblings are their brother, they still see me as their head. So is Jesus. He's our head, but he's our brother. He's our Lord, but he's our brother. Hallelujah. And that knowledge must be in our head. It must be in our heart. The way we are walking, we don't walk carelessly. We don't walk in fear. We don't walk like we are nobodies. Because you are somebodies. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, but I want to start from verse 16. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Verse 17, that's my focus. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become hot, a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Hallelujah. The day you accept Jesus as your Lord and you say, I take you as my Lord and you focus on him as your Lord. You have become a new person. This body will remain as it is. If you are big, you'll be big. If you are small, you'll be small. If you are short, you won't get taller at once because you accepted Christ. You remain short physically. But your spirit has changed. And that is the real you. You is not the body. You is your spirit. So your spirit has become new. King James, you have become a new, King James says, you have become a new creation. You are a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. So you must know that the Mensa who was walking around without hope, without anything, once you become Christ, your spirit has become new and your spirit controls what happens to you. So you should know that you are a new creature. And sometimes we, we, we find it difficult to understand. I've taught this thing several times, but I'll teach again, spirit, soul, and body. We are made of, we are really spirits. And the spirit is living in a body with a soul. The body is what we see. The soul is our emotions and our will and uh, our and our, our mind. That's the soul. I believe when the body dies, the soul goes with it. But the spirit remains. Hallelujah. And so we must know who we are, our identity. That we are a new creature. We are not the same anymore. That's how we used to joke to say it. But you are, not a, you are not ordinary. You are a new creature. You must know that Christ is in you. If you belong to Christ, you have become a new person. And that new person is, is like this with Christ. He's one with Christ. Many of us hear this scripture, but we just, 
we don't understand. I want you to understand today that your, your spirit inside you has changed. And that controls everything. You may still fall in sin. You may still do wrong things. You may still, yes, because the body and the mind and, and the, your soul has not developed to the level of your, of your spirit yet. They will develop. And they will develop by you feeding them by the, with the word of God. So if, as you feed your spirit the word of God, you read, you meditate on the word of God, it goes into your spirit, it goes into your mind, and your mind controls what your body does. And every time you are making a choice between that and this, and you always choose what the word of God says, you choose what the spirit says, and you keep, once in a while you fall, and then you come back, we all fall occasionally, and we come back gradually, you see that you'll be doing more choices in the right direction, gradually, and the spirit of God will help you. Hallelujah. But it's a spirit that changes. If the spirit does not change, you always be led. You always be doing things that your, your natural mind, and your, 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 your fallen spirit will be telling you. You have no hope of change. You have no hope of becoming a better person in Christ if your spirit does not change. It's your spirit that changes. So when you get born again, you are not ordinary. Your spirit, which is the dominant factor of your being, has changed. Hallelujah. Thus, you have a new identity in Christ. You have become a new person. Amen. Verse 21 says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to become an offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. The day you accepted Christ, you have been made right with God through Christ. King James says, that you are made right. So give me King James. Let's continue King James. For he hath made him to be sin. That's Jesus for us. Who knew no sin? That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So you are a righteous person. Don't let anybody put you down. Say so you are a new creature. And the spirit that is inside, that spirit is special. That spirit is righteous. That spirit is one with Christ. And so you are, you are righteous. Righteousness is not that you, you don't do any wrong. No human being says he can never sin. Every time we sin, we find ourselves falling into sin. I'm not saying go and sin and say you are still righteous, you may be doing willingly. No. But sometimes we all fall into sin. Anger, there, this, there, various things that we fall into. But once you are born again, your spirit is born again. And God sees you are righteous. When God is seeing you from heaven, he doesn't see the falling Mensa, the falling Akosia. He sees Christ in you. And Christ is righteous. And so you are also righteous. Hallelujah. This is the gospel. This is the good news. It is so good that people cannot believe it. That is it. And that's what Paul preached. That's what Jesus brought. A gospel, a good news. So your righteousness is not your personal doing. It is not what you do. It is what Jesus has done. Hallelujah. It is take your tumor and forborn in tumor, and then you are fine. He's, when God sees us, he sees the blood. And the blood has washed us. So every time you are washed, you are clean. Every moment you are clean because you are in Christ. His blood is still fresh. Hallelujah. So see yourself as righteous. He says, so we must be made the righteousness of God in him. We have made, made righteous. You are righteous. Say, I'm righteous. You don't have confidence to say it. Say, I'm righteous. Hallelujah. Because you are righteous. Are you born again? If you are born again, you are righteous. If righteousness was based on what we do, then nobody is righteous. 
If it's based on what we, 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 we our actions, our thoughts, and our, they will never be righteous because every time something wrong goes through our mind, we do some wrong things. Sometimes not intentionally. Even sometimes we do it intentionally. But God forgives you. Hallelujah. We are daily washed by the blood. Your righteousnesses, our righteousnesses are like filthy rags. What you consider righteous, then you are condemning people, you are talking about, you are this and this. Any child of God that you see is righteous, is seen by God as righteous. Who are you to judge him or to judge her? Who are you? So we should know our identity in Christ. We are righteous. Hallelujah. They've put a timer here. I don't like it. <laughs> Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. I'm just giving you some scriptures to, for you to know your identity, who you are. And walk in this knowledge. Walk in this understanding. Walk in this understanding and it will help you. You'll be, comfy, you'll be like the, the king's child who, who was lost and has steadily found that he's a king's child. And you know what Jesus did for us. He did great. He just didn't come to die on the cross. And, and, uh, no. I, your prayers and your everything, your service, your sacrifice and everything will have more meaning. Will be more meaningful and more effective if you really understand who you are. And some of us are praying like we are standing behind the wall and we are praying to God at the other side. The, the, the more we shout, the more we jump, the, way, the more we, then you hear. No. He's inside us. Hallelujah. We are in Christ. So our prayer should not be like we are trying to break down uh, uh, some wall before we get to God. We are his children. He loves us. Don't stand far away and be shouting and trying to get his attention. You have access to his presence. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1, from verse 5 to 7. It says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. God decided to adopt us. He decided to bring us into his family. He decided to do that, and he is happy to do it. It's not nobody forced him. So where you are, God wanted you to be, to be there. God is his plan that he adopts you, that will be his children. So you're a child of God. Ah. But the God I'm talking about is not the one that you imagine to be wicked, far there, looking for errors and marking. Uh, some people, when we're growing, they say, they mark you. If you do wrong, they'll mark you wrong. If you do right, they mark you correct. Then at the end of your life, they'll count all the correct and all the wrong. If the wrong is more than, then, no, that is a wrong, it's a wrong doctrine. Have you heard it before? It's a wrong doctrine. It's not Christian. It's not Bible. It's not scripture. It's not New Testament. It is, it is horrible. It's not so. We are his children. He has adopted us. And we are righteous. He doesn't sit there counting our sins. The sins we commit, the things we do wrong, it affects us. It doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect his judgment over us. His judgment over us is based on whether we have accepted Christ, we believe in Christ or not. That is how he judges. That's how you judge the world. Did they believe in Christ? Or did, they, did you believe in Christ or not? Did you reject Christ? Then you are damned. If you, you, didn't, you recept, accepted him and you walked in him, you are righteous. Hallelujah. It says, so he decided in advance to adopt us and he gave him great pleasure. God is happy to have us as his children. Every, any good father who is happy to have his children is always happy to have them around him and he wants us to be around him. Verse so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Give me the King James, verse 6. 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. So you are accepted in the beloved. Who are the beloved of Christ? Je of God. Jesus is the beloved of Christ. The great men who have gone ahead of us, Abraham and co, they are the beloved of God. He said, we, you and I, we are accepted in the beloved. So see yourself as accepted. Don't see yourself as rejected. That's why I don't want anybody to come to church here and he feels rejected. He, feels, he doesn't feel accepted. He doesn't feel loved. No. Maybe even God's family, you are accepted and know that you are accepted. Hallelujah. That's who you are. That's your identity. You are accepted. You are loved. You are pampered. Verse 7 says, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He purchased, he used the blood of Jesus Christ to rescue us and he forgave us our sins. Not that he is forgiven or he will forgive. He says, and he forgave us our sins. Your sins are forgiven. I know people who, when there's any difficulty in their lives, they begin to remember all the things they've done before in the past and they try to relate it. No, are you born again? If you are born again, all things have passed away. Behold, everything is new. Hallelujah. Jesus has forgiven us our sins. God has forgiven us our sins. You are forgiven. That is your identity. Don't see yourself like being semen fatter. I don't, I, I, I'm not worthy. There are some songs that make you look like you are not worthy. No, they are wrong songs. You are worthy. Not because of what you have done. That's where the humility comes but because of what Jesus did for us. I want you to know your identity. If I walk in boldness and I say things with some boldness, it's because I know my identity. You must know your identity. Your identity is not just, I'm a Christian. How? What, what, what is it? You must know these sins, that you are forgiven of your sins. When people try to push your sin upon you, people try to condemn you, people try to remind you of your sin, there are people who say, ah, do you still see so-and-so, do you still do this? When was the last time you went? Those places were places that we went and did foolish things. I don't want you to remind me of it. I've been forgiven. I've forgotten. Hallelujah. People will try to remind you of some things. Do you remember when we were children, we did this and then some bad things, some not, then some evil things? No, I don't remember because Jesus has washed it away. Hallelujah. He's so rich in kindness and grace. He bought our freedom. We were in bondage. The enemy had captured us. Our spirit, most of the things I'm talking about, I'm talking about our spirit. He captured us. Our spirit were, were in bondage with the enemy. But Jesus, by his blood, bought us. So you wonder how he bought us by his blood. That's another sermon on his own. But his life is in his blood. So when he gave his blood, he gave his life in exchange for our life. Hallelujah. In the spirit realm, your life is in your blood. If in the natural realm, your life is in your blood. When you go to hospital, they want to see if there's everything, anything wrong with you. They will look into your blood and they will know everything. Your life is in the blood. In the spirit realm too, the blood is recognized. That's why blood, there's no spiritual, uh, what do you call it? There's no deity that doesn't take blood. Because uh, your God likes blood too much. But they, they go to their, wherever they go, and that one too takes blood. But they want to complain that our, our God takes blood too much. He loves blood. But just one blood that was shed by his son, righteous, powerful, without blemish. That blood 
is what he likes. And because of that blood, you and I are free. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 23 to 24. We are just going through some scriptures to, follow, to know our identity. It's very important we know our identity. So that you don't walk around like mere men. Paul said, you are not mere men. Don't walk like mere, mere men. Ephesians 4, 23 and 24. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So when you have the Spirit of God who is in you now, say you are a new creature. Your spirit has become new. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. By reading the Word, by meditating on the Word, you, you renew your thoughts. And if you renew your thoughts, your actions will be renewed. And gradually, you come to that place. Hallelujah. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. You are created to be like God. You're, new, you're a new creature. That creature, that new creature, is created to be like God. You have the spirit of God inside you. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts you that you are born again. And that spirit is God's spirit. It says, in that new, in the new nature, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. If your spirit is righteous, you are righteous. If your spirit is holy, you are holy. It says, you have been created to be like God, King James, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Like God, it's created in righteousness and holiness. So don't see yourself as a dirty, every time you are coming to church, you are coming to wash yourself from, no, every time you are out there, you are righteous. Every time you are out there, you are holy. Every time you are out there, you are accepted among the beloved. Hallelujah. That confidence must be in you. Let your walking change. Be confident. Be bold. Not because of who you are or what you have done, but because of Jesus Christ. And this is what the word of God is saying. Today I came to encourage you to lift you up. To know that this thing we are doing is not just coming to church and then, and then you come and pray, Pastor, I'll pray for you, Professor. And then, no, you must yourself know who you are. It's very important. If you don't know who you are, whatever we do, whatever, prayer we pray, whatever, it, it will not last. Some wind will blow and you get some small breakthrough and then you think, but then later you go back because your mind is not right. You don't know who you are. I'm so confident about who I, who I am and with my relationship with God, that sometimes it will sound like arrogance. But it's not arrogance. It's just confidence and boldness. I know who I am. The same are you. You are the same. You, you, you are not, I'm not different from you if you really accept Christ. But it's because of what I know and the confidence I have in my identity. I know the word of God is true. And what you have said is true. About, what you have said about me is true. So I'm confident. If you don't accept your identity, how can you accept the promises? The promises are based on your identity. He's given it to you because of your identity. So if you don't know your identity, how can you even... So you sit back and you are, you are begging for the promises. As if, no, it's your identity. Some of them are your birthright because of who you are. Hallelujah. So if you are created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Are you learning something? I want you to be confident. We should be confident Christians, not arrogant Christians, but bold Christians. Arrogance, boldness, arrogance borders on boldness. But sometimes to be very bold, you, you must get close to 
arrogance, but arrogance is in you. You are, you, are, you are trusting in yourself. That's arrogance. But boldness, in this case, you are trusting in Jesus. Amen. Romans 8, 16 to 17. For the Spirit joins, for the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. The Holy Spirit. That's why we must, I'll do a series on the Holy Spirit very soon. What we did last two weeks was just a tip of the iceberg. But the Holy Spirit, whom we must walk with every day, he, 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 he confirms to us, he affirms to us every time that we are God's children. That's why you must work with the Holy Spirit. You work with the Holy Spirit every time. You know, every time you are reminded that you are God's children. Hallelujah. The God's children. So Christianity is not there. It's like trying to do things to accept. No. Just accept what Jesus has done. And you are fine to go. The rest will come. We will develop. We will grow. Our mind will change gradually as we meditate. That's why we ask you to meditate. Otherwise, you just be like a baby in the kingdom. But you must grow and get the good things that you deserve. But we need the Holy Spirit. Change your mind. We are God's children. Hallelujah. For a spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You must always remember. I'm confirming to you that you are God's children from the word of God. You are his children. Every good father cares about his children. Good parents care about their children. They are concerned about their children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. Heirs means your dear dear. We, 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 we inherit. It says we are his, we, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So, like a father dying, a father leaving a will for his children. Jesus is our, I told you, our senior brother. So, he, he, is, he, we, he is inheriting. But we are inheriting with him. We to our name. It's in the covenant. It's in the will. So, we and him, we are inheriting. The glory of God. Hallelujah. So you're not ordinary. You're not mere men. You're God's children. So every glory that Jesus has, you can also inherit it. Every glory that's ahead of him, you can inherit it. We are joint heads with Christ. The glory that he has, you, can, you also inherit it. Then he added something more. That's what many people don't like. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Hallelujah. Suffering can cry. There's a little suffering inside there. If we share his glory, share his suffering. But the important point I want to make to you is that we are heirs. We are joint heirs. What does King James say? 17. So this is a lengthy thing, King James. So the words ring something in my mind. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Hallelujah. We are joint heirs. It is not like... Every good thing has been willed to him alone. We are sharing with him. We share the glory with him. Hallelujah. So if we don't know this, you just be walking and thinking that you are, you are nobody. Jesus is our Lord, yes. We respect him. We, we love him. We honor him. He's our Lord. He died for us and everything. But everything he did, he did for us. So that together we will all enjoy our Father. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ. I'm talking about our new creation. These are new creation realities. New creation. You are not, you are not the old creature with the devil bombarded all over the place. But once you are born again, your spirit is new. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do 
the good things he planned for us long ago. So God has planned some good things for us long ago. And so he has created us anew in Christ to be able to do those good things. So know that you are new in Christ and you have been empowered to do some great things which God has ordained for you. May you find those great things and do them because of Christ in you. Bible says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. Can you just say you are God's workmanship? You are a masterpiece. If it's a masterpiece, there are artists and they will draw, they do many drawings, but there's a masterpiece, there's a drawing that is different. It is classy. Or a sculpture, somebody makes sculpture, you do many things, but one that is a masterpiece is different. It's of high class. So we are God's masterpiece. He created many things, but the only day he created us. We are masterpiece. We are, we, are, we, are, we are special. We are unique. He created us in Christ. Masterpiece. That's you. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about you. You are masterpiece. Say, I'm God's masterpiece. For we are his workmanship. So God worked on us. He, he, he actually created us specially. Say, we are his workmanship. It's not, it's not like he gave to somebody to do. He himself created us. Especially in Christ. That's who you are. So don't look at yourself like a nobody. Because of yesterday, you, you see yourself like unworthy. No way. You are God's workmanship. I want to change your mind how you see yourself. So you can relate to God better. If you are in this church and you see yourself like, hey, that's for you. Hey, pastor, it's like, it's, uh, daddy, they call him daddy. You call him daddy, but you are far away. You see me as you don't deserve to come to me. Hey, the people who come to me are like this. For you, you won't come. You'll be there. You'll suffer. You, you, that is, you won't enjoy. But know that you, you deserve. You are, my, you, you are my congregants. God has given me to you. You deserve to get close to me. If I'm, if I'm your father, get close. So of us, the way our fathers treated us, that's how we are treating God. He's, he's far away. He doesn't care. He makes maybe... And then, so we see God in that manner. No. God is a good God. He's a good father. He's a loving father. And he wants his children to come to him. Because we are his masterpiece. He took his time to create you. Why, why, won't he, uh, why will he neglect you? Colossians 1.13 For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's what I want you to have in mind. That once upon a time, we were in the kingdom of darkness. The devil was harassing us, was molesting us, was, we were in bondage. But now we are in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. When we, are, when we are walking, know that you are in the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, kingdom, hey, I've got things to teach you. Maybe I must start some midweek service too. But the things you have to learn are plenty. But when you are in the kingdom of God, the devil has no power over you. You have been translated. He will try and make things. The kingdom of God is God's domain. The king and his domain. Kingdom is king and his domain. So the domain is where the king has influence and has power. So there's a kingdom of darkness where the devil has influence and power. We were there. Then we got born again. Then we were translated automatically straight into the kingdom of God where God has power and his domain. The devil should not be able to mess you up. The reason why he can mess us up is sometimes we don't know where we are. So his role... Uh, or moving around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. But if you know that you have been translated, that knowledge alone, Kai, you don't fear anything. 
Not knowledge alone that you know that you are there, you are confident in God. He can't do anything. Tia. You need to know. You have been translated. It is done. It is finished. It's not you are being translated gradually. No. Once you get born again, you are translated to the new kingdom where God has dominion. So when you are dealing with God, you are talking to God, you are talking to God as somebody in his kingdom. You've been translated. Our, 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 our friends and our relatives are traveling abroad so fast. They say they're suffering here. Call it the kingdom of darkness. Within six hours, they've translated. They've gone to another place. But our case is all six hours. Milliseconds, we have translated. Once they are there, they are finished. They're in the kingdom, United Kingdom or wherever they are. They, have, they are gone. The things that are here cannot affect them. So the devil and his demons should not be able to affect you if you know and you believe that you have been translated. You should know. And they know. But because you don't know, they play with your mind. They play with your mind. So the battle is in the mind. It's not in your spirit. Because your spirit is done. It's finished. It's clear. But your mind must know. That's what I'm changing your mind today. That you, you, you get to know that you have been translated and the devil has no power over you. Some of you, when I'm saying things like that, you say, hey, hey, pastor doesn't fear anything. I don't fear anything. Because I know where I stand. I stand. Hallelujah. You will come in various ways to try to do various things. But the influence of God, the power of God in his kingdom is more. It's so much that he cannot. He will try, but he cannot. If I give him the, the way, he, he may do something, but I won't. So I want you to know that you have been translated. That's your identity. Bible says we are in this world, but we are not of this world. It means that we are of another kingdom. So we are here, but we are controlled and we are influenced by another kingdom. That's God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You know, sin, the wages of sin is death. So the power of sin is with the devil. And sin leads to death. But because we belong to Jesus, the power of of the life-giving spirit has freed us. So we are free from that power. You see, in the past, sin, wrong things, the evil things, we just do them. We don't have any this sin. But now, it says that the Holy Spirit in us has freed us from the power. So the devil has no power over us to make us to sin so that we die. I'm not talking about physical death. We will physically we will die. But that power of sin, that every time you cannot control what you do, you are, no, that power is broken. It's broken. So as a believer, when you fall short, you admit that you have fallen short. Don't say the devil made you because you don't have, he has no control over you. you. You are falling short. It's you. It's not the devil. Because you have power in us that has broken the, the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. Is somebody being blessed today? So you have power. So you have power to choose wrong from evil. You have power to choose what you do, what you say. You have the power. You are not helpless. John 4.4. 4. So being, one of your identities is that you have control over sin. John 4.4. 4. Oh, 1 John 4.4. 4. 1 John. But you belong to God, my dear children. John had grown as an old man, so he's calling everybody his children. 
but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Hallelujah. King James says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The spirit inside us is greater than the spirit of the devil. The, great, the spirit inside you is greater than the spirit of any demon. That's your identity. That's who you are. That should give you boldness. That should give you control. That should give you an avenue, a basis to go to God. But when God sees you, he sees his spirit. Because God is a spirit. So he, he deals with us on spiritual realms. Hallelujah. All the things that Abraham did is the spirit that God corrupted. And Jesus came and he corrupted the spirit. Jesus didn't change and he didn't transform any physical being. He changed the spirit, the spiritual realm. So in the spiritual realm, you are in control. He said, greater is he that is in you. He said, you have already won a victory over those people. If I say those people, you can imagine whatever you want to imagine. You have won victory over them. The witches, the wizards, the the the, the, halt, the juju, the or the, the false prophets, everything. You have won a victory over them because what is in you is greater. That's why we must engage the Holy Spirit all the time. This this relationship we have with God is through the Holy Spirit. Maybe we'll take a whole year and just learn about the Holy Spirit because without the Holy Spirit, all this we do we don't understand. It will not be effective. Hallelujah. You are quiet. Say, Greater is He that lives in me than He that is in the world. The NLT says, the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Romans 8, 35 and 37. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I'm talking about your identity. Can anything separate us from the love of Christ? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? or are persecuted, or hungry, or destitute, or in danger, or threatened with death. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Say amen. amen. It doesn't matter the economy of Ghana. It doesn't matter the, the, the needs you have. It doesn't matter even the, the illness that is worrying you. It doesn't matter what you are going through, the persecution that you go through. It doesn't matter. When I go through persecution, it doesn't mean, mean that God doesn't love me. It says, despite all the things that go wrong around us in this world, overwhelming victory is ours. It's not just victory, overwhelming, beyond, beyond. It will, the victory will over you. In fact, it has overed you. Say amen. amen. Anybody listening outside Ghana will not understand over, overed you. But that's a Ghanaian way of English. It is beyond, far beyond. So there's overwhelming victory, which is ours, through Christ who loved us. You are loved of Christ. Christ loves you. And because of that, you have victory. So don't walk like a defeated person. You are a victorious person. But if you don't know that you are, you, you, you are a victorious person, the person who you defeated will still kick your leg and you fall down and take the thing that is yours. But the victory is yours. Your identity is very important. Without your identity, you just... Be going up and down. You say Christianity, you don't understand. You don't, it's not worth it. No. It's, there's nothing that comes close to Christianity. It's the basis of your life. 
We are not just humans. We are not just physical. We are, we are spirits. And Christianity takes care of our spirit. It cleanses our spirit. It makes our spirit of God's spirit one. And then, so that puts you ahead of everybody. Your body may be going through whatever, but your spirit is up there. And as you meditate and work on the spirit, your body will also rise to that level. Hallelujah. I believe in that. So we are victorious. We are victorious Christians. We are, we are more than conquerors. Give me the, 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 that scripture. Um, 37, Romans 8, 37, King James. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. Do you, know, do you understand more than a conqueror? You don't understand. It's, it's an apt example, but it's, it's wrong. It's a more than a conqueror is like the wife of an arm robber. She is more than a conqueror. The arm robber goes, struggles, does silly things, kills people and collects money and jewels and things and brings it home. And she sits and she enjoys. She's more than a conqueror. The arm, rob the arm robber is the conqueror. She's more than <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus has fought the battle. He has defeated the enemy. He has taken every key that need. He has brought it home for us. And for us, we are supposed to just enjoy. That's why we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Say, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'll walk in victory. Because I'm a child of God. God loves me. And nothing shall separate me from the love of God. God bless you. Put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. Thank you for tuning in. For more inspiring messages like this, search for Prosper Asamwa on your podcast. You are also invited to worship with us in person on Sundays at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the love experience. On Tuesdays, be a part of our Destiny R service, teaming with testimonies about the power of God from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can locate Love Sanctuary at Anaji of the Ntankofu Road, a few meters from the Queen of Peace School. Love Sanctuary International, manifesting the love, wisdom, and the power of God. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him.